Welcome to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Hey, guy. Hey, hi. NXT Podcast. Hi. I'm Zachary Smith. I am your host for the NXT uh, Podcast here. Um, Boy, this is a fun one, huh? Um, not going to lie to you. Uh, since NXT 2.0 has been unofficially under uh, new management. It's been a bad show, but also an uninteresting show, which is a cool combination, obviously. Um, uh, but this time, um, we don't have a good show. We, in fact, have a bad, uninteresting show to talk about, except for one thing at the end that's very bad and... I suppose interesting in how bad it is. So, from the perspective of somebody who is a big fan of a wrestler that that they are just already not doing good with, bad. As the host of a podcast who sometimes has to struggle through to, to find interesting stuff to talk about, pretty good, I guess. And, and listen, don't you worry, we're going to... We're going to get to that Walter stuff, because uh, how could we not? Before we get started, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at ZachNXT. That's at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T, talking wrestling, other fun stuff over there. Listen, we're going to talk about the news and notes. Now, as far as actual news goes, the biggest thing is this this Walter thing, and I'm going to save that for the end because it's the only interesting thing that happens on this show. Um, so there's a couple, there's a couple smaller things going on. Ric Flair says current WWE superstar struggled to gain acceptance in the locker room. That I just read to you to remind you um, that I don't care what Ric Flair thinks about stuff, um, and I I hope you don't either. But I mean, do you? That's fine. Wrestling Inc. Booker T comments on Cody Rhodes possibly reviving a WWE gimmick. This comes from uh, Cody Rhodes' contract has either expired or is about to expire with AEW. He's one of the founders of AEW, one of the EVPs. There was some weird stuff about how he's kind of like the odd man out EVP. Like I don't know if nobody likes him or, or what's I don't know what's going on with that. So some people speculated that he might go back to WWE, might be in the Royal Rumble, so on and so forth. Now, that doesn't make sense for a few reasons. Uh, His wife works in AEW. A lot of his very, very good friends work in AEW. Uh, Not to mention, um, he was never anything in WWE. Um, Cody was... In Legacy with Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton. And the only thing that ever served to do was highlight Randy Orton, who didn't need it. 
and Legacy was never anything. Like, you would think the point of that stable would be to elevate Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. Like, that's what you would assume. They're all, you know, generational uh, wrestlers. Like, their fathers and grandfathers were wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. And so, naturally, you would think, oh, cool, this is going to be like a springboard. Randy Orton's going to get some some backup because he's the current guy, and he's going to be able to help these two young guys along. And then that didn't happen. Uh, Cody became a star later with uh, none of legacy uh, rubbing off on him. And Ted DiBiase Jr. isn't even in wrestling anymore. And then he was in a tag team with Dustin Rhodes, uh, Goldust and Stardust. And they had a cool few moments. They, I, I, I don't remember if they beat the Shield for the tag titles at that th- it was like a fast lane show, I think, and it was like a huge crowd reaction. And they got to work with Dusty Rhodes, and that was pretty cool. But like Cody Rhodes, like was an okay Intercontinental Champion in WWE. And to be honest with you, I I don't know that Cody Rhodes is ever going to be your top guy, or even a main event guy. Um, I think he's very good at promos, but something. Something about him doesn't doesn't scream huge free agent that goes to WWE and shakes things up. Um, I don't know why people hate Cody Rhodes as much as they do. I don't know if it's he feels inauthentic. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I, I think it might be that fans really want him to be a bad guy and it's annoying that he's not. Maybe that's it. Um, but I, I have not been more sure of very many things in my life that Cody Rhodes is not going to leave AEW, a better wrestling company, to go back to WWE to be in the Royal Rumble that he absolutely would not win to face either Roman Reigns, who he would not come close to beating, or Brock Lesnar, who he would not come close to beating, and then... We would all collectively remember that Shinsuke Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion, and he'd win it from Shinsuke Nakamura, and then he'd be exactly where he was when he left. All I'm saying is, like, learn a lesson from guys like John Morrison, who were had okay runs in WWE and then went to other companies, had great success, came back to WWE, and WWE didn't care and just still saw them as the same person. So, like, no... Cody's not coming back to WWE. There's literally there's no reason to. Like it's uh, you would have to be an insane person to want to go back to that company with everything that's going on. It just seems like such a bad place to work and the results aren't even worth it. Unless you are Roman or Brock And that's really about it. And, like, maybe Bobby Lashley, but even then. Like, your spot is not safe. You could be released at any time. You're probably going to be in bad storylines. So, no, he's not going back, obviously. Like, you knew that. I knew that. Booker T probably knows that. He's just having fun. I don't know. I didn't click the article. I'm not super interested in Booker T's thoughts about Cody Rhodes and WWE. 
the sportsters talking about how WWE wasted an incredible talent in Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali. I'm sorry. Um, so this comes from Mustafa Ali putting um, putting up on his social media that he requested his release. Um, and firstly, more power to him. I don't know if they'll grant him his release or not, but I hope so. Um, Mustafa Ali, um, kind of came around via 205 Live and had great matches like with Cedric Alexander at WrestleMania for that cruiserweight title. And the thing about Mustafa Ali is that his thing was that he would go by himself and shoot promos or vignettes. And they were really cool and they were really well done and they had nothing to do with WWE. And the way I remember him telling the story is that he would just go off, shoot them, send them into the office, and that's what they would run with. And so he's a super creative, super talented talker and wrestler uh, who is undersized, has ton of charisma, has it factor. And so, of course, the only thing that WWE got out of that uh, is that he is small. And so he went after the cruiserweight division, you know, blah, blah, blah. He kind of farted around on the main roster through no fault of his own. And then Retribution came along. And he was the leader of Retribution. And Retribution could have been a cool thing and immediately wasn't. And so nothing happened there. And then he was in a odd couple tag team with Mansoor. And they were doing really good stuff. And then that just kind of fizzled out. And um, then he, he puts on social media that he, he basically can't tell the stories he wants to tell in WWE. So he requested his release. Mustafa Ali, whether he wants to still be a wrestler, like I'd love to see him in AEW, or he wants to be in movies, um, whatever he wants to do, he's going to be great. He literally just needs to work for a company that has any interest in him or him doing well. Because you don't have to make Mustafa Ali the guy in your company. Like, WWE is either going to make you the guy or the woman or you're going to be a low-to-mid-card talent, and they don't care about low-to-mid-card talent. Um, and then if you're low-to-mid-card talent, you'll probably get released. And Mustafa Ali was probably just going to get released one day, and that was going to be insane because he's so talented. So I sincerely hope that he does get his release, and then if he wants to go be in movies, I hope he's in some awesome movies. He's going to be a really good actor. Or if he wants to still be in wrestling, I hope he goes to AEW or Impact or wherever he wants to go because I would love to see Mustafa Ali get to tell stories that he actually wants to tell. And if you think for a second they weren't about to have him do a you don't like me because I'm Muslim thing, like if you think for a second they weren't going to do Muhammad Hassan again with Mustafa Ali, you do not know WWE very well. And if you know Mustafa Ali you know he's super not into that story. And that's the only kind of story WWE knows how to tell with somebody that looks and has the name Mustafa Ali. So that's pretty cool. So good for him being like, no, I'm, I'm good on this. 
um, you know, I, I want to like do actual fun, good work. And I, I sincerely don't think you can do that in WWE anymore. And you haven't been able to for a long time. WWE will sometimes stumble into great things. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, Roman Reigns heel turn. Um, but eventually they will, they will mess it up. You know, Daniel Bryan will stop being special. Roman will kind of have a nameless title ring where he runs through a bunch of challengers, but you don't build anybody up for him. You know, they'll mess it up eventually. So even if Mustafa Ali had caught on, which he started to, they were going to mess it up. So it doesn't matter. So good for him. Alexa Bliss asked WWE fans to let her story play out. Let it play out to become somewhat of a catchphrase. Um, because Alexa Bliss made her return and she's still like the... People say that it's uh, it's the Fiend gimmick, but on Alexa Bliss. And I don't think it is. Um, like, not... Like, I don't think Alexa Bliss, like saw The Fiend and wanted to be a part of that story and then just wanted to be The Fiend. Originally, Alexa Bliss was kidnapped by The Fiend and, like, brainwashed and became, I don't know, Lady Fiend or whatever it was originally. And then The Fiend gets unexpectedly released and then WWE kind of goes forward with it. Now, Alexa Bliss is is my favorite women's wrestler in WWE. She's an extremely good promo. She's got incredible charisma to her. She's got it. She could absolutely be your top uh, woman in your promotion. But then you put this character on her that she's very good at, but doesn't play to her strengths. And so it's very cool. She's very good at portraying it, but the character's aimless. It's what The Fiend would have been if Wyndham Rotunda weren't a character-creating genius. You notice how when The Fiend first started, it was really good, and the Firefly Funhouse started, and it was really good. And then WWE got its hands on it more and more and more, and it got worse and worse and worse until he's losing to WrestleMania Randy Orton for no discernible reason, and then just kind of does nothing. Has a feuds with Braun Strowman, wins the universal title too quickly and they because he came he debuts at SummerSlam and everybody loves him and they don't know what to do except put him in the title picture for a character that needed to not lose but they also didn't want the title to be on him so like WWE gets its hands on stuff and they make it worse because they think they're very good creatively and and they're not but they make a lot of money so like you can't say that so Alexa Bliss is The Fiend if WWE had free reign over what The Fiend was, which is to say it's a really good idea that they're not doing correctly or doing interestingly, I should say. There's not one right way to do it, but they're not doing it interestingly. You could have spun this character off into somebody that had their mind ruined by The Fiend, and then one day The Fiend disappears. Now, really, that's because you released Wyndham Rotunda, but... In storyline, The Fiend disappears. And now if you are Alexa Bliss, and at first you were terrified of this monster, and then I don't know if you were charmed by it or mind-controlled by it or influenced by it, I don't know. But whatever happened, you were on kind of a roll, and then one day The Fiend is gone. 
So the thing that changed your life and maybe gave you powers is gone. And so how do you deal with that? Does that she go back to Alexa Bliss, but she's like a broken, hollowed out version? That would have been pretty cool. And I literally just thought of it off the top of my head. Do you want her to be delusional and still see the fiend or still see herself as this character even though now that the fiend is gone she doesn't have those powers that could have been interesting too and that's off the top of my head the least interesting thing that you could have done was have her just continue as the character not mention it and then take all of the creepy stuff of the fiend and dial it up and never have it just be alexa bliss you don't have alexa bliss and evil alexa bliss you have Alexa Bliss just is evil Alexa Bliss now. And the reason that's the worst thing you could do is because now Alexa Bliss, although I'm sure this was not her plan, nor her desire, is just the women's fiend. Okay, so what I've just learned is that um, Alexa Bliss shares the first name of the robot that lives in my house, and I don't know why it waited until the tenth time I said her name to ask for clarification about something I was saying. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to say Bliss instead of the first name because it's unprofessional, and also I'm not cutting it out. So she's now just taking the place of the Fiend, and she's Lady Fiend, and it's WWE-controlled, and this isn't Alexa Bliss's, like, story. So what do you do? WWE doesn't know. Bliss doesn't really know. And so now she's back and she's the same character. You had your chance to jump out of the airplane and you didn't. And now we're stuck here. So uh, Bliss says, um, let it play out. And if it were up to Alexa Bliss, I would absolutely let it play out. The reason I'm not interested in letting it play out is because it's WWE and I know they're not going to do anything interesting with it. It's going to be the same thing and it's going to fizzle out again. And I feel bad for Bliss because she is so much more talented than this. As much fun as it is to watch Charlotte Flair every single week and never be into it for a second, seems like Bliss could have been a great addition to the, the women's side of things as herself, but she's going to continue to be this like poor imitation of a character through no fault of her own. So that's pretty sweet. All right, I have stalled as much as I can because now we have to talk about NXT. And if I like obviously you know if you kind of keep up with news and stuff that like NXT is like completely under new management now. Like Shawn Michaels is still there, but one for how long and two how many of this decisions is he making? So like at first it started as like Bruce Prichard and Vince are consultants or producers or whatever they were. And now, like, it's clearly we're distancing ourselves from everything Triple H did. And he's on the outs, and he's, like, on our bad side because we just arbitrarily decide somebody's on our bad side. And we're going to completely change it. And NXT 2.0, this is going to sound familiar, could have been really cool if they did it right, but they didn't. So now, it's literally the main roster, except they care about it less than the main roster. So it's the same bad main roster stories. It's just not as much thought is put into them. So my point being, if you had not kept up with the news or anything and didn't know anything about what had been happening with NXT, this is the show 
that absolutely would have tipped you off that something is weird with NXT, like like somebody else is making decisions or something. Like something is different or somebody making decisions is different. And so LA Knight arrives at the arena in his red car that he always drives and the announcers act like they don't know who's in the car. And what do you know, it's LA Knight. Gets a good reaction. I was a little bit surprised. I like LA Knight a lot, but they haven't done a ton with him. But he gets a good reaction here. I'm happy. He's looking for Grayson Waller. He tells somebody to hit his music. He makes his way to the ring. Calls out Grayson Waller. Of course, Grayson does not answer. LA Knight says, week after week, there's a sound you hear. It's Grayson sucks. And the, that's a stupid line. But the fans chant it because, you know, he said a thing. We're going to say a thing back. He says, as much as that chaps your ass, that's one sound that haunts you. And that's the name of the man who's going to drop you on your head. And that's L.A. Knight. Let's run back. At Halloween Havoc, you tried to sabotage my car, so I couldn't make it to get the job. Sorry. <laughs> I'm doing good, dude. Halloween Havoc, you tried to sabotage the car, so I couldn't make it. You couldn't get the job done. Nailed it. One take Zach. That's what they call me. War Games, you do one half cool move. People think maybe that took out L.A. Knight. Not, nah, you couldn't get the job done. A couple nights later... You get upset because a girl turns you down and goes with me. You know why she turns you down? She knew you couldn't get the job done. And for some reason, that's what prompts Grayson Waller to come out. Grayson Waller has a manila uh, envelope with him. And he's very he's very happy with himself because Grayson Waller, in fact, has a restraining order. He says, you cannot touch me. He says, before you do something you're going to regret, let me talk to you. There's nothing I'd like more to get in there and fight you. But my lawyers advised me for my safety, and more importantly yours, that this is what has to happen. He walks to the uh, ring, Gazelle Knight, the restraining order. He looks through it. says, if you get within 50 feet of me, you get arrested immediately. The fans are chanting for LA Knight to rip it up. Uh, um, LA Knight says, okay. This is pretty good, even for you. I have to admit, this is pretty good. But you have a restraining order against me, but not him. And then Dexter Loomis music plays. And when Dexter Dexter Loomis nailed it, dude. When Dexter's music plays, Grayson Waller turns to the entrance ramp, thinking Dexter Loomis is going to come out of the entrance ramp, even though most of the time, Dexter comes from under the ring. It's like his thing. I think he lives under there. But for some reason, even after several seconds of Grayson Waller staring at the entrance ramp and Dexter not coming out, at no point does it occur to Grayson Waller that Dexter might be coming from under the ring because he does not check. And I understand we're telling stories here, but this is a bad story, so I can nitpick it. If it's entertaining and stupid, that's fine. But if it's boring and stupid, then what are we doing? So what do you know? Dexter comes from under the ring and somehow surprises Grayson Waller. So LA Knight says, you can lift this restraining order or you can get put to sleep by Dexter. It's your choice. So I guess Grayson Waller's going to make a choice. And in fact, we come back from commercial and he's made his choice because now Grayson Waller's in the ring with Dexter Loomis. I don't know why Grayson didn't just like run out like by where the crowd is. I don't know why he had to fight, but sure. Um... Dexter is beating up uh, Waller, and uh, all of a sudden, some dude in a suit shows up at ringside, attacks Dexter Loomis, and then 
Waller hits the stunner thing and wins. For that stunner, Waller starts outside of the ring, jumps into the ring under the bottom and the middle rope, and then jumps and does the stunner. And here's the thing. That jump into the ring doesn't add any impact to the stunner. He could just do the stunner, but that is a very cool-looking move with like a high degree of difficulty for him to never mess it up so much that I remember it. So that's pretty cool. So he hits that thing, and he beats Dexter. This dude at ringside looks intimidating. I don't know who it is. They don't say. Um, Wade Barrett says he's got to get the info on this guy ASAP. It feels weird not having Beth Phoenix on commentary anymore, but boy, I sure am glad that she's not doing commentary anymore so she can team up with Edge because I know that when I... When I saw Edge return at the Rumble, the thing that I was most excited for was watching Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice. That's what I was here for. So that's why we don't have Beth Phoenix anymore. So that's cool. But she's getting to work with her husband. That's pretty cool. But rather have her on commentary than that bad story. But Barrett says he's got to get the info about this guy. He's going to be Waller's new heavy. That's fine. Listen, I'm... Listen... I wrote notes for the rest of the stuff that happens, but we both know we're just here for the thing that happens at the end. So listen, cliff notes. Okay, we're going to do cliff notes together. Braun Breaker's being interviewed. He's interrupted by Santos Escobar. They're going to fight. That's a good first few for him. Tony D'Angelo has a coffin in the ring. He's having a like a funeral for Pete Dunne and mentions that he wants a North American championship. Trick Williams and Carmelo come out. Um... WWE doesn't understand these gentlemen, um, and so they're they're bad characters in that they are poorly written. Cameron Grimes shows up. Him and Tony D'Angelo are going to fight. The winner gets a shot at the North American title. Kaylee Ray is actually here wrestling today and not walking around hitting stuff with a baseball bat, so that's good. They recap her hitting a bunch of lights and a camera last week that uh, Mandy Rose definitely does not own. She's fighting uh, Ivy Nile from Diamond Mind. Uh, you're never going to guess, but Toxic Attraction's here, and they're beating up Kaylee Ray until Hartwell and Parada interrupt because Hartwell and Parada are going to fight Gigi, Jolin, and JC for those tag titles at some point. And Kaylee Ray, Hartwell, and Parada stand tall. I don't know if that's going to be a winner-take-all six-woman tag or what we're doing, or if it's going to be two separate matches. I don't know. Toxic Attraction should keep the titles. All right, here we are. Roderick Strong. Versus Walter. Now, it's important for me to mention to you that this match is advertised, and the graphic says Roderick Strong versus Walter. And Roderick Strong and Walter have a dope ass match, and you should go watch it up until the end. Walter's very, very good. Roderick Strong's very, very good. And it was kind of a perfect first opponent for Walter. Walter wins with a powerbomb. Looks like it hurt a lot. Now, if you're not familiar with Walter, Walter's a, a big badass. Um, who's intimidating. His matches are always intense. He never fails to deliver. And he doesn't have a six-pack. So, like, Vince McMahon doesn't care kind of thing, right? Um, he, 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 he shows up at that Survivor Series where NXT took part and is the first person eliminated despite being one of the most popular people in the match. Blah, blah, blah. And... I've been on this podcast saying, I really hope Walter comes to NXT. Now, I, I think originally he didn't want to come to the States. He was going to stay in NXT UK, but he passed the UK title to Dragunov, kind of did everything he could do there, and so now he's here in NXT. 
Now, Walter wins with a powerbomb. And the announcer is in the middle of saying the winner of this match is Walter. But before the announcer can say that, Walter picks up a microphone, interrupts the announcer, and says the nine, the winner of this match is Gunther. And then Imperium comes in and they beat up Roderick Strong. And then the Creed brothers come out and all six of them are fighting. Now, first off, Walter's new name is going to be Gunther. Which, right, obviously that's bad. That's, that's an objectively worse name. Uh, WWE always has to change something. He, he can't just be Walter because he's already Walter. How will people know how smart we are? Um... The thing here is that the trademark originally for the name was Gunther Stark. And the reason they're not calling him Gunther Stark is because they didn't do a cursory Google search to find out that Gunther Stark is the name of a Nazi officer who is the commander of a Nazi U-boat that my quick research told me sunk in the English Channel in 1944. So you got two options here. One, somebody in WWE really likes... Nazi officer Gunther Stark and was really into his run up until 44 or in this massive company nobody thought to Google search the new name they were trademarking and their solution to that realizing presumably oh no that's a Nazi even for us that's a bit much wasn't to say, you know what, maybe this is a sign that this is a stupid, arbitrary change, and Gunther is a worse name, and we should just call him Walter. Like, that would be my takeaway, that maybe this whole name change is snake-bitten a bit. WWE went ahead and just called him Gunther. And some people are like, alright, so they're just calling him Gunther. Are we good now? Like, can everybody calm down? No, first, no, we cannot. Because Gunther is short for Gunther Stark, which is a Nazi officer whose U-boat sank in the English Channel in 1944. But also, Gunther is a stupid name. I'm sorry if your name's Gunther, but even you would admit that Walter is more intimidating. And a big dude who beats the crap out of people being named Walter makes sense. His name being Gunther doesn't make sense. Also, this isn't the 80s. This isn't the first time I've seen this man. I know his name is Walter. I don't know what his real name is, if it's Walter. But I know that this wrestler's name has been Walter for years and years and years. So when you show me this man, and you say Walter, and then he says, no, my name's Gunther. That's stupid. And presumably next week, we're going to hear from Gunther about why he's called Gunther. Because they intentionally had him interrupt the announcer and say, no, no, no. I got a new name now, like a kid that shows up back from summer break and is like, no, my name's not Derek anymore, it's Scorpion. It's like, it absolutely is not Scorpion, Derek. And here's the thing, that explanation is going to be stupid, because I bet you, I don't, I bet you they don't know what the explanation's going to be yet. They just wanted to change his name to Gunther. And even if that weren't the name of a Nazi officer who... U-boat sunk in the English Channel in 1944. That would just be a stupid name changed for no reason. But that's WWE. Listen, at this point, I kind of am watching the show for you. Because there's no way you're you're watching it all the way through. I barely watched it all the way through. And I am the one that talks about it every week. 
But boy, this was a fun one. At least there was something interesting to talk about. It was bad, but it was interesting. So WWE's under new management. Um, and we got Gunther. So I'm going to keep calling him Walter probably because that's a better name. And I just hope they let him wrestle because his stories are going to be bad and his vignettes are going to be bad. And because they're going to try and backwards explain this Gunther name change. But in the ring, Walter's one of the best in-ring competitors in the world. And I hope that he gets to actually wrestle. But I don't know. Maybe he won't wrestle now. It certainly wouldn't be the dumbest thing they've done with Walter. Remember when they named him Gunther, who was a Nazi officer whose U-boat sank in the English Channel in 1944? Anyway, that's NXT, man. That's what I got, I'm exhausted, I don't know about you, this was a whirlwind for, for your boy here, tired of Mimi getting to talk about all the interesting stuff on AEW, I got interesting stuff too, dog, I got LA Knight, I got Gunther, you got uh, nothing on me, I love the show I talk about, listen, that's it for NXT, so that's it for me. One more time, you can find me on Twitter at ZachNXT, at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. Let me know what you think of the name Gunther. Think it's cool? Think it's better? That's it for NXT. That's it for me. I'll see you here next week, where maybe something else stupid will happen. In the meantime, I've been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic, as always, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.